Hey, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's episode, a question. Would you like to become a wicked effective health coach to help people change their behaviors, change their habits, change their health destinies, and to be able to do it through a reliable process, one that works every time? If so, I'd invite you to check out the WellStart Health Coach Training Academy. And you can find it at wellstartcoach.com. And you can check and see when we're running our next training course. All right, let's get to today's topic. Adam and Shoshana Chain, welcome to the health. What the hell is the name of my podcast? The Health Coaches <laughs> Podcast. That's right. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thanks for having us, whatever the podcast is called. Yeah, you, you can tell I've been doing this for a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk with you guys about um, how you coach other people. And I know you, you, know, you guys are, pr are, are pretty good marketers. Like I, I look at your Instagram and the things you've created. And when I see people in the plant-based world who are good marketers, that tells me that they're getting a lot of people who are pretty naive. Right. Like like I'm you know, I'm not so good. So I get people like they're already really primed to work with me. You're getting because because you're have you have this really effective outreach. I'm guessing you get people who are like plant curious or what is this about? And, you know, you guys have a lot of programs and courses and you have lots of certifications for for, you know, physical activity and for nutrition. So I'm wondering, like, what? What are the challenges you see in getting people to do what you tell them to do? I think the biggest challenge that every coach faces is getting the people that don't really know that they actually want to change. They think they want to change, but they're not really sure that they want to do it. And so when you get a client or someone who wants to work with you that is not really at that place where they actually want to change their lifestyle – that becomes a huge challenge. And I think that's for us as coaches, but for anybody. And so when we market out there, we're, we're on social media quite often, as you pointed out, and we're getting people that are, like you say, curious about the lifestyle, not so sure that they want to dive into it. And one of the things that we're trying to avoid is having to convince people that this is what they want to do. Right. So I think that's a huge challenge that we face and a lot of coaches face. And, and that's the worst thing to do as a coach is to convince somebody that they want to do something, because then you're going to spend your whole coaching time with them, convincing them to try to do things that they're not going to do. And they're going to fail at your program and you're going to fail as a coach. And you want to work with the people who are ready, not to say that it's not going to be challenging, not to say that everybody's going to follow everything that you say step by step as easy as possible. But if you need to twist someone's arm to work with you, then they're not ready mm -hmm. to work with you. So for sure, they need they need to be ready. And we do. We get so many people who say, I watched Game Changers yesterday and I had no idea about the plant based world <laughs> or, you know, I've been plant based for three days or I'm on my way. We get we get a lot of that, especially on our Instagram. We get a lot of of people conversing with us who who are in that situation. And that's why we've done some very basic programs from the beginning, just as a trial time for them. Mm. So that brings up a question for me again around around the marketing. So I learned marketing from really like hard ass people 
it wasn't in the health world. It wasn't in the plant based vegan lifestyle medicine world. It was in the very mercenary, you know, go out and grab them and shake them till the money falls out of their pockets. <laughs> and the 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 thinking was partly the harder you market, of course, the more money you're going to make, but also the more motivated you're going to make these people when they come in like they're you know, you're you're going to tell them all the benefits and all the bullet points and the stories and the what are the what's going to happen if they don't succeed and if they don't do this thing with you. And it sounds like what you're saying is like that backfires. Well, it, it has backfired because we've learned from some of those big guns as well, who maybe got us through the door that way, too. Um, and it didn't. And, you know, once we kind of got through the door, it didn't feel right to us. And when we were using those techniques with people, it didn't feel right to us either. So we've kind of taken a combination of everything we've learned and mixed it up with a little bit of what do we enjoy? I mean, I enjoy writing on our Instagram posts, for example, at Plant Trainers, I enjoy writing those posts. Adam enjoys making those those memes and those pictures. If we didn't enjoy that, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be out there like that. But you know, on on the other side, I've scared away a lot of clients or potential clients once they've gotten through the door through that that marketing or whatever strategy it is that we're using and been like, oh, yeah, heart disease, don't worry, we'll get you oil free in this amount of time. They'd be like oil free. What are you talking about? I just want to learn how to eat more vegetables. And then like, boom, they're gone because I've scared them away because I've shown them too far ahead and they weren't ready for it and they weren't primed for it. So sometimes sometimes less is more. Mm -hmm. So what what are the signs that you look for when someone wants to work with you that that are red flags that yeah they're not ready they're not committed they want the maybe they they want the results without putting in the work I think that we we, we like to, I do at least like to give the people the benefit of the doubt and believe that they actually want to make change and so when I start with them that's the way I go into it my mind is open and they told me they're into this. They want to make these changes. They want to implement this lifestyle. Let's do this. And then slowly as things start to progress, sometimes you kind of get those hints or red flags, as you call them, where they aren't really doing what you're guiding them towards doing. Just a simple example. You ask someone to put a food log together over a few days and it comes back blank. Like mm -hmm. clearly they're not in the right place or frame of mind to really understand the importance of if you want to change, you're going to have to kind of do some of the work. It's not just going to magically happen and I'm not going to be able to do it for you because I'm not you and everybody's so different. So that's just one example. Like other people will have different nuances or red flags that will pop up. But at the end of the day, it's it's if you're not putting in the time to step in the right direction, your direction's going to not be there, right? Like that's that's what I find. And and what I find is that I have appointments set up with somebody to kind of explore with them if I'm the right coach for them and if they're the right client for me. And every now and then you get somebody who cancels because the smoke did, the, the smoke alarm went off and the and, you know, the, the fire department had to come and something big <laughs> happened. And it, it's funny, but like, okay, so every now and then something big happens, right? Um, there's a tornado, right? Or something. But when their daughter really needed them, so they needed to cancel. And then, oh, the, the dog had to go to the vet and 
the, so they had to cancel again. Once you, when, yeah, when the excuses are like legit and big and like, why would somebody lie to me about this because they sound ridiculous? You know, it's true. But when it's those small little things and they're already starting to get out of it before they've even gotten into it, it's a red flag. Or you have your first session with them and you hear them typing away, typing away and you say, oh, are you taking notes? And they go, oh, no, I just needed to work through my lunch break. So I, I'm working at the same time. Don't worry, I'm listening. It's like, whoa. People admit that? Hold on. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. I mean, I mean, we're talking about one case here, but there are other situations that are similar to it, like they haven't found themselves a nice, quiet space to actually concentrate mm -hmm. um, or you hear the TV in the background. Right. When, when they're not. 100% laser focused on that first call or on that getting to know you call or what have you, then you know that they're not committed enough to themselves. And our time and energy as coaches is so valuable. And it's not just us showing up to do work with them. It, it's emotion and it's energy and it's preparing for it and thinking about them later. There's too much on the line for myself as a coach to work with a client who's not properly in the right mindset yet mm. in, in the right mindset yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, when I when I think of those people, I have a, a real sp split personality around them. On the one hand, I feel like I really want to work with them. Right. Because because the thing that's stopping them, the, not just the challenge, but, but like, I, I could see like what they, what they're doing here is what they're doing everywhere. Right. Like I could see like this is screwing up their relationships. This is screwing up their their career track. This is screwing up their internal sense of self like this. And so, you know, and very often when people are 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 doing that, it's because their fight or flight has just been like triggered big time. And, and we have ways as coaches of helping people deal with that stress, understand it a little psychoeducation. And at the same time, because we're working remotely and because we have zero control, you know, we know, like, I know I'm just not going to, unless something really changes or unless I just happen to accidentally say the perfect words that I just don't have. It's like trying to, um, you know, type with, with mittens on. It's just, I, I don't have the, the access to them. Sometimes people are just not ready to do something and sometimes they need the kick in the butt from us to say, you're not ready right now. Come back to me when you are. And that's happened before. And as a coach, you have to be willing to understand that your time is important. And yes, you want to help the person that you're dealing with as much as possible. But at the end of the day, if they're not willing to help themselves, like I said before, you cannot do it for them. You need to be working together and they need to be invested in you, not only with their money and time, but with their brain and their mindset. And a lot of clients come into the relationship with an off mindset and they're not really in tune with what their objective or goal really is underlying all of it. And that's that's a very important thing to keep in mind, I think. And then some come in ready saying, well, do I need to wait till Monday to meet with you? Can you just Give me give me some points now. I'm ready. I'm hungry. I want it. Mm. Mm. Do, do you ever uh, when someone comes like like they didn't do their food log? Um, like what's what's your approach to to that person? What are, what are the things you you know, you'd go to? So I think at the very beginning, you know, 
making sure that you're on the right page with them in terms of why do they want to do this and and getting back to some of the things we talked about before. Why do they want to do this? What do they have to gain from it? And what do they really have to lose by by not doing it, by not going forward? And when you've worked through that with them at the beginning and then you can revisit them, revisit that with them when you when you need to throughout or, you know, sometimes so so food log is not for everybody also, right? If you have a client who's maybe had severe eating disorders in the past, maybe logging their food is a trigger for them. So mm. understanding more about their history, understanding why they haven't done it. Sometimes they do it at the beginning for a little while, and then it just gets boring. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily needed. So is a food log necessary at that point? But if they're not doing it straight out the bat, I think it's also important, you know, I was a kindergarten teacher for a long time before I got into the the health world. And sometimes if you say yes, or you say no, or you just give an answer, it kind of goes over people's heads. But when you give a small, the smallest little explanation of why it's important that goes with it, it kind of clicks and then people understand why. So it's important so that I can give so that I can give you the best options moving forward or so that I could understand why your weight is at a plateau then they kind of understand why they're doing it as opposed to just going through the motions. All right. So that so the first the first obstacle we talked about was they're not really ready or motivated or they're they want the shortcut. Um, what about so then uh, once they're in and you see like I, they really want the result. Like one of the things that drives coaches crazy is they they're motivated, they want the result and, and they they know what to do and they're not doing it. What's what's your approach when people come in and say, I mean, maybe this doesn't happen, <laughs> right? Like, OK, you told me to eat all the vegetables and I just I had a, a you know, pepperoni pizza on Sunday and I'm so ashamed. So but the, the question is going to be, why is that happening? Why are you going through that process? Why are you sabotaging your own self? And I know you don't like to use the word why. And I, I know that. But but to me, I want to I don't necessarily have to use that word, but I want to understand what's going through their mind that's stopping them from doing what they need to do to get to where they want to go. Right. So I know you don't like that word. I, I don't like I don't like using the word why, because from an NLP standpoint and, and subconscious standpoint, you're actually speaking to the subconscious and you're asking the brain to make up excuses even that don't exist. And you're deepening <laughs> the reasons for it. This uh -huh. is something that I've learned. And that's why I don't. So I might say, walk me through the process that led you to this decision. Right. So they're actually taking you back through the process as opposed to being like, why? Well, I, I was I was just tired that day because, you know, I had a fight with my kids and I fell off my bike and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just I wasn't in the mood. Well, OK, well, you picked up the phone to like, let's walk through the steps and let's look at it. But I think one of the things that I learned early on is that when I gave my clients small, tangible steps to take every single week. And I use the word magic three. And sometimes I use magic three with them. And sometimes I just use it for myself. But for some people, they can't handle three. But for most people, three is in a, three things is an attainable goal for that week. So if somebody's at the point where they're still ordering the pepperoni pizza, maybe we're at the point where we're just putting vegetables on top of the pepperoni. Mm. Right. Or maybe we're asking for if they have the vegan version of the pepperoni to still give them that that taste and depth and get them used to the vegetables. Maybe we're doing that. So is it where 
the responsibility at the end of the day is going to lie with them to make the decision. But have I set them up properly to think through these things so that they can make a winning choice, a winning goal that's going to bring them to the point to want to do something else a little bit bigger next time? Do you have an example of a magic three? Like what might that be? So sure. So sometimes, so what I will normally do is I will normally leave my clients with three actionable steps to take between now and when we meet next time, because it's very easy to say, okay, we're going to take the pepperoni off the pizza. I want you to add three vegetables on top of that pizza instead. Now, before you order, I want you to take three big breaths so that you're ready and you're in that, you're in that state. We also want to get you exercising for 20 minutes a day. And don't forget, you know, you're going to get in a fight with your mother. So make sure that you're nowhere near the kitchen when it's done. (laughs) You lost me a pepperoni. (laughs) Yeah, right. I lost him a pepperoni, right? So we've got, I've already given them too many, Uh too many steps to take, especially at the beginning of that coaching process. And you kind of need to layer on, at least in my experience, you need to layer slowly on top of it. So I will write down everything I've asked them to do, whether it's mind, body, spirit, nutrition, uh, shopping, and really make sure that I'm not leaving them with too many things to do. So I will make sure that it's three things to do. And for some people, if I'm saying, I want you to have, I want you to take a look at your plate this week, and I want you to make sure that you have, you know, uh, a full, uh, a whole grain, that you have a green vegetable, and that you have some kind of pulse on your plate twice a day, that's three things there already, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a magic three in terms of three things in one, or maybe it's just three different steps. But when we get too ahead of ourselves, because things might seem easy to us because we've been doing it for so long, or because we're a little bit more disciplined at this point than they are. Um, so I use that to make sure that I'm not overwhelming my clients. And part of the challenge is that a lot of people want that quick fix. They want that hack. They want that quick change. They want to do it overnight and just be okay. And for most people, that strategy is not going to be successful. Except for one. Okay. <laughs> no, there, there, are, <laughs> less, there are people that have my type of personality that are the black and white kind of person who that kind of strategy would work for. And that's why when we do our coaching, we individualize very specifically because everybody's so different. But for most people that we've been coaching or that we know that have been coached or speaking to other coaches, that's not the normal. That's not the norm. People take a little bit longer, quite a lot longer actually, to get to where they want to go. And so teaching patience becomes very important in helping people achieve goals. And the quick fix, the overnight hack, it, it's not the right way for most people to go. Or they do it all for two days and they, they've handled it, but then you haven't been able to monitor it or they missed a couple of steps. And yeah, they might be eating the best fruits and vegetables in the world, but maybe they're not eating enough food. And then all of a sudden they feel lethargic days later and they're like, well, I'm eating all this good food. Why don't I feel good and it's just because they're not eating enough food um so there's too much to miss mm. so uh, i i love the you know the, the the humility and wisdom in knowing that not everyone's like me because like you know i think everyone's like me unless i work hard at not right like that's just sort of a default narcissistic assumption that i'm the measure of all things and you know why can't you be like me and 
how do you individualize? Like, what do you look for? Do you have a process or, a, you know, a, some some sort of a you know, diagnostic or is it by feel or experimentation? I think a lot of people are using those personality games that you could do online and figure out what kind of personality people are. You're I know I, I, I said some people are. Yeah. I don't I don't use that at all. I can usually tell at the beginning of of just, you know, just exploring with them whether or not we're going to onboard or not based on their personality, what they're going to need and how how committed they are to it and, and what they're going to need. And that's something that came over time. And if it's somebody who comes in with a very corporate mindset and, you know, this is my goal, I understand how we need to break it down. We need to get there. I need you to be very straightforward with me very, you know, then I know I kind of know that personality. And then I get the people who say like, yeah, I've tried everything and nothing really seems to work. And I know that their person, they're, they're going to need a little bit more pampering from an emotional point of view. Um, I think part of, part of the initial process that's super important is not only speaking to someone on the phone, but having the opportunity to see them face to face and whether it's on a computer or FaceTime or something like that, or in person, you can really tell a lot by body language and seeing their reaction to certain words or sentences or things that you say that are perhaps things that you're going to be leaning into as you coach this person. And quite often reactions will be very positive and excited or they'll be not so much. And it tells a lot. You could tell a lot from what you see and what you hear through their voice. And I think it's a really important part of that step. Also, their stories that they're telling about the people who they live with. So you can get somebody who has the very best intentions, <laughs> but they have a partner or a spouse who sabotages it for them. Yeah. And that's not just happening in the kitchen. That's been happening in many other areas in, in the first place. So it's something that they're used to. And then you know that you're dealing with so, some things a little bit outside your your there, zone there, sometimes. There are so many factors that can contribute to success and failure. And we ha that's why I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and give them the shot and let them prove to me that it's not going to work before mm -hmm. I get too deep into it and hope that, you know, they're going to pull through. I'm rooting for them. I want them to succeed. I want to help them get to that place that they really want to go to. But it, there are so many factors that I don't get to see that you learn over a short period of time right at the beginning, and then you get to really build on that picture. So another thing I know you uh, you're both like highly qualified in terms of expertise in specific fields around nutrition, around athletic training, other things. Um, there's a tension between spoon feeding people, like telling them exactly what to do, which certain people really like and appreciate, like if you say, more greens, pulses, like being very prescriptive. And there's a way in which sometimes doing that can make them dependent on you. And like they're not exercising their own problem solving and creativity muscles. How, how do you navigate that? It's, so that's a really good question. I think it depends where you are in the relationship, what their own personality is. And very often, it won't necessarily be, you know, get on the phone and, hey, this week, it's eat more greens. Here's eight options. 
put them on the shopping list goodbye, right? Like you're, you're working through that with them at the beginning and almost coming to a conclusion together that that's something that they need to do. And you're, you're almost coaching them through being able to problem solve moving forward again. And it's almost like, you know, it's a lot like, in no way am I trying to, you know, dumb it down. But it's a lot like teaching kindergarten, where you need to teach routine. And then you need to give opportunity to go ahead and try on your own and, and either make mistakes or do better and then have coaching on, okay, so let's back this up and look at the process that happened and what can we do differently next time. So it's really a combination of both. But sometimes at the beginning, they, they, people know, generally, what to do to be healthier to some extent, but they're already not taking the action. So we need to sometimes be a little bit strict and say, can you do this? Or this is what you're going to do. But but make them feel part of the process at the same time. Quite honestly, I don't want clients to be dependent on me for the long term. I want to help them. I want to get them to a place where they understand what they need to do to continue on their own and go. Like I'm not I've been coached by many people before and some of them would push me out of my comfort zone in a way that I didn't have the answers. I had to figure it out. So for me, that was helpful in some ways, but I prefer to be told what to do. So it's it's sometimes you got to match the coach to the client in a better way. And sometimes it takes time to figure that out. And so as a coach, I've had a coach and I've learned a lot through those processes. And now that better helps me understand how to individualize programs to people. Sometimes the client will come to me for fitness I don't think the client's right for me and and she'll take him, right? So it it all depends on matching up coaches with personalities to be able to best help someone get to that spot. Gotcha. So to to end this, I'm curious, um, like for each of you, like what's your edge right now? What are you working on in your own professional development to be more effective? So right now, what we're doing is we're trying, it's funny, we're, 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 or at least for me, I think we're working on social media. And we're trying to say, how do we make nutrition fun? How do we get more eyeballs on plant based nutrition? And if we have more fun on social media, we're pulling in people who are looking for fun, and who are who are fun. And we're, we're kind of just, you know, trying to go trying to go from there and, and see see what's next, what we create next, um, based on who we're attracting. So for me, that that's kind of it, along with, you know, the, the daily everything of, of figuring out what's, what new studies are out, what's cutting edge and, and all of that. But in terms of outward development, I, I definitely say it's social media. Well, I think that a lot of the PD that we do is very straightforward. It's through our podcast and the networking and the people that we bring onto our show, the doctors, the nutrition people, the fitness people, we're learning from them every single time. And that helps me grow as a person to be able to help clients and students that I work with even more on a different level. And there's always new information coming up. It's 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 an evolving process. I mean, it's not like the, what I learned 10 years ago is the thing. 
right? Nutrition has changed so much and plant-based nutrition is becoming more prevalent in the mainstream and that's why more people are now curious about it and wanting to learn more. And so through all of our social media and through the podcast, we're not only sharing what we're learning from us, we're kind of become a media company in sharing all the people that come on our show and pushing out their content because that's what's going to really enable more people to learn more. And that's really our objective is to just help as many people as possible. Mm. I love that because I, I find that challenging personally to think of marketing as part of my coaching, as part of my offering, as part of my, my gift. Right. It feels like when I'm working with people, that's, you know, I'm heart centered when I'm marketing like this is a little harder. And so I love I love the way you frame that. And I think I can I'm I'm going to take that and uh, internalize it uh, rather that the, the marketing that I do. And certainly with a podcast, you know, I don't charge anything for it. It's easy to be generous with that. But when I'm actually going on and saying, hey, sign up for this, right, or check this out or pay more attention to me. Um, Look at me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I don't love doing that either, which is why we don't do it that often. And we probably should be doing it more, to be honest. But I, I, I really believe that we just push out positive, free content quite often. And the people that want to benefit from it will find us. And through that whole process, we end up with clients and we're happy with it. And that's just something that we feel is a positive way to go about doing it. And so that's what we're doing right now. The best is when you get something in your inbox that says, please tell me you're taking on new clients. Please, please, please. I want to be uh, your next client. By the way, how's how's Russell and Sage? And they know everything uh, about me. They know my kids' names. You know, they uh, know they I don't know them, but they know me. And and that's I guess what we're creating by just between the podcast and, you know, between TikTok and Instagram. It's just we're out there, we're putting ourselves out there and people are getting to know, like, and trust us. Beautiful. And yeah, and that, and that is of a piece with helping them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I yeah. think, that, yeah, that's a, that's a very useful thing for me to remember on those, on those days when I just want, you know, want, want to feel entitled and just want the universe to give me clients without me doing anything. Right. Same, same we as all your, want that. Same <laughs> as your people who want to lose weight without giving up their pepperoni pizza. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so for folks who are interested, who want to find out more about you and follow you and be in conversation, where do they go? So they could find us anywhere that podcasts are available on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, at the Plant Trainers Podcast. And we're very active on Instagram at Plant Trainers Twitter and TikTok at Plant Trainers, and of course, Facebook as well. Anything else? You got it. You got a website? Yeah. We do. We do. PlantTrainers.com. <laughs> I'm old school. I'm, I'm uh, you know, 2004. <laughs> I'm into websites. Yeah. All right. Well, I, our Instagram's yeah. probably better than our, than our, um, <laughs> our website at this point. I don't it's know. It's all good. It's all good. It's yeah. All good. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Adam and Shoshana, for taking the time and for, for sharing your your philosophies and processes of coaching. Um, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. And I think that uh, this new podcast of yours is going to be helping a lot of coaches move forward with their process. So I appreciate you helping everybody out with that as well. And cool. thank you for giving us the platform. All right, cool. See you guys around.
I hope you found that helpful. So if you'd like to become a health coach, or maybe you already are a health coach and you'd like some additional training and more skills, or perhaps you're a health professional, a doctor, nurse, dietitian, etc., who would like to be able to influence your patients more effectively, again, check it out, wellstartcoach.com. All right, have a great day.